The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. So this past Friday, I, I was away last week and I came back Thursday night and um, this past Friday morning, I woke up at 7 o'clock to go to a bris and I was not feeling well. I was in excruciating pain. Uh, my stomach was like triple the size it should have been and I knew that there was something very wrong. So um, I told my wife I need to get to the hospital and um, so we went to the hospital. I knew it wasn't kidney stones. I know what they feel like. And we went to the hospital and I'm, there's a reason I'm telling you this. Um, so Baruch Hashem, we were very connected in, um, in Maimonides. So um, I got there, they're waiting for me, they took me in and um, they started doing tests a sonogram and a blood test and an x-ray and a, and um, then they did a CAT scan and this was all Erev Shabbos and the CAT scan came back that there was a blockage in one of my intestines and because of when you have a blockage in let me tell you Ashiyatsu has a different meaning today uh, when there's a blockage in the intestines so everything that every, nothing can go past that blockage so everything that you've eaten in the last week is stuck in your intestines and the pain of the pressure of trying to push through is uh, is crazy it's beyond I, I don't even want to describe it and your stomach gets very distended because the ear and everything has nowhere to go so okay so the guy comes back and says it could have been worth I didn't know what it was you know you're always thinking the worst and he says like you have a partially blocked uh, distended intestinal bowel whatever I'm like just just tell me how just get me out of this pain so give me some painkillers. No, we can't give you painkillers because painkillers slows down the system. And the whole thing is to get the blockage out, which I didn't know is that as everybody is sitting here, inside your body, your, your intestines and your bowels are continuously moving. And they, that's how they move the food through your system. They're not just sitting there, they're moving inside. But Hashem made it that you don't feel that. If you took a stethoscope and listened on your belly, you would hear like the ocean is moving in there, all kinds of stuff going on in there. You think there's like a whole, there's a whole system in there. So, so if you take, if you take, if you take painkillers, that whole system slows down, and they don't want that system to slow down. So, guess what? No painkillers. So here I am in all this pain, and no painkillers. So the doctor comes to me, and says, "There's, we don't think we have to do any surgery, but what we have to do is we have to stick this tube." Um, up your nose, through your throat, into your stomach, and we have to pump out all the food in your, st- all the stuff in your stomach, and then when your stomach's empty, it starts to schlep all the stuff out of your intestines, and then when everything's empty, there's no pressure on the blockage, and the pain will go away. And then this guy takes out this thing, and I'm like, you, you, that doesn't fit into my nose. <laughs> Hello, this is not gonna work. And he's like, no, it fits into your nose. I'm like, is it painful? And he says, extremely. So, so I said, well, what's my choices? And he said, well, you could be in a lot of pain and your intestines could burst and we could have to operate and you could be here for months or you're going to let me put this tube in your nose. So I said, this is the deal. Now I'm making a deal with the doctor, like, hello? This is the deal. If I can't handle it, then when I tell you to pull it out, you're going to pull it out. And he says, you're an adult. If you tell me to pull it out, I'll pull it out. 
So I'm like, okay. No one should ever know from the pain of getting something stuck up your nose that size, and um, having something in your throat the whole t- something in your throat the whole time, and something in your nose the whole time, and it was so uncomfortable. And you know, I've seen so many kids that that are suffering. You know, Camp Simcha and things like that with feeding tubes, and and like, hey, I feel good. You know, it's lach and bracha. No. People came to visit me. I didn't tell anybody that I was in the hospital, but some people found out. And they came to visit me, and and and, and Douglas Jablon, he should be benched. He he's the head of the the hospital, and he managed to care of me like, you know, he, when you're in your pain. It's I, I was thinking of Yosef Atzadik the whole time. I never understood that Rashi. The Rashi says that there were spice traders that took Yosef to Mitzrayim. So the Rashi says that Akushbochu wanted to show him his love. Because really, normally the caravans that went down to Mitzrayim were animal traders. So it stunk really bad. But because they were spice traders, it smelled very good. So in the din, in, in, the, in the pain of being sold by his brothers and going down to Mitzrayim, he, he had to see the, the hand of Hashem, that Hashem sent them down with spices so that he was in a beautifully smelling caravan instead of, instead of a caravan of animals. So, so when you're in pain and you're in a hospital... And, you know, usually things in the hospital take very slow and, and everyone's moving very fast because of, because Douglas, you know, did this for me. So the said everything, everything, every second counts. So I felt bad because like Erev Shabbos, before he left, he came into my room. I had this thing stuck up my nose and, and you know, every time you swallow, there's a tube in the back of your mouth. It, it, it's crazy and, and you can't eat. They're telling me for the next two days, don't even think about it. You can't drink because you have a tube in your mouth and you can't eat. Um, and if you're very thirsty, you can put some ice on your lips. That's it. You're fasting for, 40, for the next 48 hours at least, right? So food takes on a different meaning also when you can't eat. So, so he walked into my room and he's like, so, so, so Rabbi Wallstein, how you doing? And I looked at him with these evil eyes like, what are you, crazy? Is there something wrong with you? What, how do I look like I'm doing? I have a tube up my nose, right, coming down my, like, what do you mean how you doing, right? So, so. When you don't feel good, you don't feel good. Anyway, the, the, the bottom line is that, that um, it was very, very uncomfortable. And I was just diving to Hashem to get this thing out. Just, just pull it out. I, couldn't, I would not pull it out because when my son, it worked. It, when it emptied out my system, that pain that was in my, in my guts, that was killing me, went away. So even though I had this pain in my nose, you can't blow your nose. You can't sneeze. You, you don't understand. You, we, we're sitting here like, ah, he sneezed. He's untied. You blow your nose. You can't do that when you have a tube in your nose. So every little thing, you're sitting there and you're like focusing on what you can't do, right? You can't do anything. So, so it was like, it was crazy. And, and, and so, so Shabbos morning, I, I kept asking, okay, you got to take this tube out. I feel better, whatever it is. And they're like, no, we have to make sure that the blockage, because now the pressure is relieved, opened up. So we have to take x-rays. So, so, so I knew that until I get those x-rays, they're not taking that tube out. So the doctor ordered x-rays. It's Saturday, it's Shabbos morning. And they ordered x-rays. And I'm waiting. And it's 9 o'clock and it's 10 o'clock. My wife's with me the whole time. And I keep sending her to the nurse's station. Where are the guys to pick me up for the x-rays? And the nurses are like, you're not the only one in the hospital. And there's other people that need x-rays. And I'm like, I know, but I need to get this out of my face. And this is like every second was like 10 hours. So finally the guy walks in and says, I'm here to take, you know, to, for the x-rays. And then after they took the x-rays, 
I'm like, did you read the x-rays? Can they take it out? And I can you read the x-rays? And it's Shabbos afternoon, and it's 2 o'clock, and it's 3 o'clock, and it's 4 o'clock, and you can't even lay in a bed. Do you know what it is to lay in a bed? It's great to lay in a bed. When you have a tube down your throat, if you lay in a bed, it hurts, so you have to sleep sitting in a chair. It's, it's, like, it's like crazy, and you're looking at that bed, and you're like, hey, Akush Boch, I never appreciated a bed when you have to sleep in a chair. And all of a sudden, you begin to appreciate everything. Well, like everything else, you know, they call the, 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 the toilet, is called the ivory god. Why is it called the ivory god? Because every time a person is nauseous and they're throwing up over the toilet, they start praying to the toilet. I promise I'll be good if you just take this nausea away from me. If I stop throwing up, I'm going to do mitzvahs. I'm going to be the best person. I'm going to treat everyone unbelievable. I'm never going to eat anything I shouldn't eat. Right? You do all this prayer. So it's like the ivory, it's called the ivory god. So when you're sick, you're you take this too bad. I'm going to be about right. But then you forget very fast. You forget very fast. So I didn't want to forget. So I wrote things down when I left the hospital. I really didn't want to forget all those feelings that I had. Anyway, with the jab on, with all the moving, with everything, finally 5.30, Shabbos afternoon, the guy walks in. He says, I'm here to pull your tube out. I'm like, you're Mashiach. <laughs> you may not be Jewish, but you're the non-Jewish Mashiach. Right? And he walks over to me, and he just pulls it out. And I'm like... I'm not connected to the wall anymore because I had intravenous. So I was connected to that thing, right? She didn't do such a good job. She took a few times to find my, my vein, right? So I had that thing poking at me and pulling at me the whole time I was there. So I'm connected to that. I'm connected to the tube behind me that's sucking out the stuff, from, right? So I'm like connected and I'm not a... You're, you're, you're a slave. You're a, you're a prisoner. The, the male, you should be gesund. The male nurse that took care of me Friday night walked into the room and he said, Rabbi, there are two things that I pray to God that should never happen to me. I should never be in prison and I should never be in a hospital. He's my nurse. And I should never be a patient in a hospital because it's a prison. I couldn't go anywhere. I was tied to these tubes. So, so Matzi Shabbos, Sunday is my high school graduation, which was here. So like Mr. Shabbos, I told this guy, I'm like, listen, my wife actually told him, listen, my husband has to be out of here tomorrow. He has graduation, and, and, and nine of his girls are graduating. He says, you have nine children that are graduating? <laughs> well, he didn't hop. And I was like, no, I'm a teacher, and this and that, it's my school, whatever, whatever it is. And why am I telling you this whole thing? It's pretty like, you don't need to hear my, my horror stories. There's a reason I'm telling you this. The reason is as follows. Every second that I waited to get a report back, whether it was my heart, my cardiogram, or my x-ray, or my sonogram, or, every, or my blood tests, every second was like 20 years. And I kept trying to get it back faster, get it back faster, tell them I need it. To get that thing out of my, out of my throat, out of my nose, was like 20 years. The unknown... Not knowing what it was when I woke up was like a hundred years. I thought I was dying. I, I never felt such pain. It could have been Chasr my heart. I didn't know. The pain was so huge. I didn't, know what, I didn't know what was going on. And I said to myself, Chaya Wallerstein, do you know how many times people call you and they're having a problem with a daughter or they're having a situation and you're like, okay, listen, I'm really busy, but I promise you, call me back on Thursday. Call me back in two days. Call me back in three days. Call me back in three hours. I'll meet with you next week. To a person whose child is off the derech or is going through something psychological or who's reaching out, every second 
is, is a tube down their throat? Is the family being uncomfortable? Is, is the panic situation? And I never realized that until this day in the hospital. I never realized that. How much every second till you find out what's going on, till that person gives you the report, till, that, till the guy disconnects you, till the guy comes in when you, when you need him, is like 20 years. So, so, the next day, so I got out on Sunday. So I came uh, on Monday, I came to my office, and I was gone last week because I was away. I went on vacation to go to the hospital. Go figure that out, right? I came back Thursday night. So I had this pile of emails from the whole week. Now, with me with emails, I'm the worst guy with emails because I don't have a computer. So I have to read the email, then write the answer on the piece of paper, send it to Avivit, then she has to send it back to that person. So, so what? And read my hand and read my handwriting, which is not easy. So I'm not so good with emails. I said. You have to love every person like yourself. And now you just went through this. So you know what yourself, the pain that you went through, and how every moment waiting for an answer was like a hundred years. So the mitzvah of Kamocha just changed. Because Kamocha just changed. And I sent every person back an email on that whole pile. I'm like, I got to answer every single person. And I've been trying since then, every time I see my phone, to pick it up and to answer it. Because... I came to the realization that, that to you, you know, and, and, and most, and a lot of the nurses are like that. It's like, all right, we'll come in an hour, we'll come in two hours, I'll take it out in three hours, calm down. No, when a person's in pain, every second is a hundred hours. It's 20 years. And, and the reason I'm telling you this story is the lesson for everybody. You don't, you don't need to go to the hospital to learn this lesson. I'm giving it to you without you going to the hospital. Is that, that when someone reaches out to you, even though to you it's like, okay, I'll take care of it tomorrow, ma, you know, stop freaking out. I'll take care of it, you know, in two days, in three days. No, to that person, it, every second is like 20 years. And if you start reacting to people that every second is 20 years, then you're going to see how much more you're going to accomplish and how much more sensitive you're going to be to other people. And, and, and I can't even show my cross to Hashem that, that he took that tube out of my, my you know, and, and then people told me afterwards, oh, I have a cousin that had what you had. They were in the hospital for six months, three months, two months. I was in the hospital for two days. So, so, what I definitely learned a, a very, very big lesson, and that is that, that you need to react right away when someone needs you. Because in your world, you have time, but in their world, every second is, 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 is 100 years. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.